BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'm burned out. Hey guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. And today's episode, to be honest with you, is probably my absolute favorite today. I think it really embodies my relationship with Jess. And we have really, really great conversations that I have definitely shied away from having on the internet just out of fear of upsetting people or honestly, just because I feel like I haven't fully processed and you know, you'll hear it. Okay. I think this conversation is honestly, hopefully going to help a lot of people. We're going to get into that. Um, Jess is one of my best friends from college. She actually just went to Dallas like a week ago. So very exciting. I'm really on one of this episode, just warning you guys. Like I think I was eight episodes in and you know, had a lot to say. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Be sure to join our Geneva group chat, join our Facebook group, the newsletter, everything will be in the show notes. Um, if you guys like the episode, be sure to subscribe, give it a nice rating and review. Also, we have merch available. It's really cute, cute little matching sets. We have cute little hats. I think you guys are really going to like it. So be sure to check that out. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Okay, so guys, Jess is a little bit nervous and I can only assume it's because you're with a star like me. I actually was just saying that's exactly the reason that I'm nervous. Yeah, you're I get such it. a star. Yeah, I'm actually still starstruck by you every single time I walk into a room that you're in. You know, I just like didn't want to be the one to say it, but you noticed. But then I I ended up being the one to say it. Right. Yeah. I really did some deep dive thinking about 20 seconds ago. Jess and I both love the Foster Sisters a lot. Oh my God. Did you not listen to the new episode today because you're reading the book I told you to read? I, yeah, I didn't. Oh I, w- I wasn't listening to anything on the train. I was reading. I, you can't be oh doing two God. things at I'm once I'm telling like that. you to do too many things. I understand. But like, you really missed up an opportunity. They post podcasts the same days that I do. Don't listen to my list. Actually, no, listen to mine, guys. And then listen to the Foster Sisters. Yeah, and then listen to the Fosters. Um, but yeah, I was listening to it and I even thought Jess is so lucky that a new um, World Source podcast episode came out today for her train ride into the city. And you, you messed it up. I could just listen to it tomorrow on the train ride back. I mean, I guess it's not the same. It's not the same, but I did have headphones in while I was reading my book so people wouldn't talk to me. And the man next to me continually was tapping my shoulder and asking me about the book that I was reading. That is so annoying. This morning I was walking to get breakfast with Danielle and I was already late, and which is never happens. I am actually never late. It's something about me. I am always on time and I'm always early. And this guy came and was like asking for my number. And he was like, really sweet. I felt bad, but like I had my headphones and it was like so clear that like I felt a little bit uncomfortable 
And he just like wouldn't stop. And I literally had my headphones and I'm like, this is the point of me wearing headphones. Were you so, like, like ignoring him completely? Me. No, I, I was like, oh, hi. Like I was so sure. I wasn't rude because like he came up and like that takes confidence. And like, I, you're going to get rejected. You know what I mean? Right. Like I felt bad about that. I would totally, it's because you're Texan. I would if No, but he wasn't creepy. So it doesn't matter if they're creepy. Difference. I would walk by anyone that was talking to me that I didn't want to talk to. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you like really, I watched you gather the confidence to walk over to me. Like I would ignore you. I to would walk fair, and not make eye contact and keep walking and pretend like I don't see you. It was the only time that I've actually paid attention to a guy who's done that. Okay. So like normally I would ignore so it, but he first was just nice. It was, it was a horrible mistake. I guess and like sometimes you feel bad. Up. Also, like sometimes it's like, it's like in the eyes, like you could tell. Yeah. Like you look at someone and you're like, oh, I really feel bad. Yeah, that's how, and I it was just, I don't know, too empathetic, whatever, too perfect and nice, you know. Too um, anyways, nice. back to what my, you know, my thought provoking thought that okay. I had earlier. My thought provoking thought, everyone. Yep, that's, that's good. I'm getting that tattooed. On so me. like clearly I'm Sarah and you're Aaron. But I would like to know what, who do you think you are and who do you think I am? You think you're Sarah and I'm Aaron. Yeah, because Sarah is more self-absorbed. Sarah likes the camera more. Yeah. Um, I probably would have said the same thing. Yeah. I identify with Aaron a lot. And I identify with Sarah. There are certain things that I identify with Aaron a lot more. I think there's like two sides to me. It's either like I'm in front of the camera and it's like lights, camera, action, I whatever. Totally. Or I'm like the most chill. I'm actually really low maintenance and easygoing. Like I think those two things like perfectly coexist in your world and probably in Sarah Foster's world. Like she doesn't seem like a high maintenance yeah. type of person, but she really shines in the spotlight. You know what I mean? Like she can turn it on. I can't turn it on. I need a tequila shot to turn it on. Like at least one I or two. I was born to turn it on. I was not. Like I'm in front of the camera. I'm like, oh, yep. I was thinking go. about the other day when we recorded for your vlog and I had already had one margarita. And you did that, a really good job, by the way. That's because I was one margarita in. Not okay. too tipsy, not drunk, but like a little bit looser. Should we get drinks for dinner? Yeah. Okay, good. I just need a little bit of like a little bit of liquid courage. This is also what I was talking to my therapist about because she wants me to start talking to boys um, in public. And more. we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. Yeah. And I was saying like, I could totally do it. I just need one shot of tequila. Like I don't need to be drunk. I don't need to be anything other than like just one shot deep. Okay. Hear me out. Do you think that's like a little bit of a placebo? Yeah. Like you take one shot and it doesn't really do much. To but be fair, I am the world's biggest lightweight. And I could not relate to that at all. I, so different. I was just telling my brother this today, three drinks in and I'm like probably going to have hangover tomorrow. I get the worst hangovers. Like How I'm bathing in Gatorade. I take two Advil before I go to sleep. I drink a liquid IV poured into my 42 ounce hydro flask and I still wake up hungover. I take Advil the next day. You the need to get like actual hangover pills. I have those. Oh my God, that sounds magical. Yeah. But my grandpa told me the last time I was hungover to drink a raw egg and I did it. Did it work? Um, a little took the edge off for sure. And like I mixed like Tabasco sauce and Worcestershire sauce, however you say that. And it, <laughs> that was like the recipe I found online. And it, it did help a little bit. I mean, I heard salt water is good too. Yeah. Sometimes you're just like past the point of like returning. returning there's no like way. there's no way you can come back. Like you feel like you have the spins in the morning when you wake up and you're like, wow, I can't, I'm not going to be able to function today. I hate being hungover more than like, and I actually think the, the amount that I hate it is not normal. Like I understand no one likes being hungover. Of everyone course. hates it, but I don't think anyone hates it more than I do. Like I actually think that my life is over and maybe that's just me like only thinking about myself, but like I hear my friends like, oh yeah, I'm hungover. Like I'm going to get breakfast or something. And I'm like, I am not getting out of bed. I am yeah. so miserable. Like I can't, it also like drastically affects my mood. I think it also like you seem like you function so much on like routines and I'm kind yes. of the same way. But when I'm hungover, like I can turn that off and like you I are, can't. I don't think you can. You wish you could get up at 613 and like run to core power, but like you oh physically can't get out of bed. And by the way, when I was 18, I used to stay out until like 3am and still hit a 7am school cycle. When you're 18, the bounce back is so different. It's so different. The things I would do for my 18 year old self 
metabolism like, physically but not even i don't even uh, maybe yeah that too but mainly just like the hangover portion of it yeah it is horrible it's pretty bad it's really bad so anyways jess and i met actually in bible college <laughs> we're sitting here talking about alcohol i'm really good at transitions here so okay, i thought that, that would like obviously be perfect did you feel like that was a good one i think it was really natural yeah i, I, so I felt that's where the conversation was going anyway yeah obviously i just like seamlessly led us into that um yeah so jess and i met there our college experience I don't know how to explain it. It was... It's going to be a tough one. It was the weirdest college experience I think you could ever possibly have. Unless you really, really, really feel like that is what is for you. It's not It's not something that you just like recommend to someone. You have to feel like that's no, where you need to be. I would never recommend to anyone. I not because recommend not it. Not because I didn't like it. I just yeah. don't... It's not for everyone. It's not. I think <laughs> you have to be cut from such a specific cloth. Yeah. Like, it has to be like ingrained in your DNA to be able to handle that. It and, really does. And before we even get into this, like we're really sarcastic. We're kidding. I will say like... I think that it was a really great decision for me and I will be very honest, but I will also say like so much of who I am, my life, my foundation, the people around me, I owe to that. Right. Yeah, and I would I, totally agree. And I have like a lot of respect for it, but I do think that there are topics that I don't talk about it out of fear of maybe like offending someone totally. that could really help people because I wish these were the conversations that I was listening to. And I know the people who will be having the conversations and I do have those conversations with them offline. Right. But no one talks about it because it's such a like, you're not allowed to feel a certain way and yeah. you're not allowed to have a certain problem or to work through it. And I think Jess and I are both just kind of working through like similar things. I would too. agree. Yeah. And I think this isn't also like anyone can relate to this. I think outside of even um, like a faith perspective, I think just... Like the programs that you have growing up. Things yeah, that it's, about, it's about like beliefs that are instilled in you from a young age. Like it doesn't have to be faith based. Like it could be like almost like superstitions. Like it literally could be anything. Like if you come from like a really cultural family, like my family is really Italian. So I know there's like elements of that that affect my family still that have nothing to do with faith, but have to do with like familial obligation and all sorts of things like that that have nothing to do with faith. But yes. there's like ideas that are ingrained in you from a really young age that are really hard to shake. And even harder to understand. Yes. And I think unlearning is one of the hardest things that I've had to learn how to do. Same. And I think, I mean, even to the point of you grow up and you have a lot of like wrong thinking, like even of how you think about yourself, right? If yeah. you have a lot of like negative self-talk, it's a lot of unlearning, relearning, unlearning, yeah. relearning. My therapist says reframing. That's her favorite phrase. I know. Always Let's talk reframing. about what you're reframing. Right? We need to hear it. You need to hear this. About me personally? Go into it. Yeah. Okay. So recently, as some of you may know, some of you may not know, I'm actually moving to Dallas at the end of She'll September. She'll be living in Dallas by the time this goes up. I'm coming for you. I have recently decided that I need to start dating. And this is something that is almost a little bit embarrassing for me to talk about because I'm 21 like and I've never been on a date I just want to stop you right now like that is not embarrassing and I know that's how you feel so it's fine and valid but, but like I need to I also like I need to reframe like it's actually yes. not embarrassing it's actually not embarrassing and it's actually so unbelievably common and like controversial take I actually in the kindest most respectful way possible regret every single person that I've dated I wish that I would <laughs> I wish that I would have been single and at yeah. some point I'm just single one and done. I don't actively regret it, but I could have gone without it. Yeah. And I think like my therapist, I mean, I love her. She's so great. And she's really trying to help me reframe negative thought, like self thoughts in general, but mainly about dating. And I think that I growing up, especially like in a house, I have two sisters who are really close in age with me who are both really tall. Like they don't look a lot like me and they, but they look very similar. 
and I kind of look like a little bit of a different one. So I always in my head made that be like negative. Like I look worse than them. Like I'm shorter than them. I'm not as pretty as them, whatever, which is obviously not the reality of a situation. Like I'm really hot, but, <laughs> um, but you know, for, Honestly, for yeah. a really long time, like that was my perception of yeah. like, they're better than me. And so like when they were getting boyfriends and we were in public and guys would go up to them, guys would never come up to me. The only men that come up to me are like 35 year old men in the middle of Whole Foods. I could not want to talk to you less. I feel like a 35-year-old male no. in the middle of Whole Foods. It's not a hot good. guy, though. No. It's like a dad in the middle of Fairfield, Connecticut. I mean, like, get away from me. I have a few friends who would be really into that. Yeah, so. probably. That's true. But I was like 16 when it was happening. Okay, so I'm like, this fair. is... Okay, so that's not... It's okay. illegal. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that makes sense. I take it back. So like maybe now at 21, if a 35-year-old came out, maybe a different story. But anyway, my whole thought process around myself and like the way I viewed myself was really horrible for a really long time. And I never addressed it. I kind of just, as I got older and I worked through my comparison issues with my sisters, but I did not work on the way that I viewed myself. So once I started talking to my therapist about dating, I hadn't even realized how many negative perceptions of myself I allowed in. And when I was talking about like, oh, I'm nervous to go talk to a boy at a bar because they'll think I'm awkward. And she was like, why? Who thinks you're awkward? Like who told you that? Yeah. And I'm like, well, no one, but like, it feels awkward. And she's like, you have so many things. So all that to say, that's one aspect of it that I'm nervous about. And I think that that's probably relatable to a lot of people. You don't want to look like an idiot walking up to someone at a bar, but the reality of a situation is no one cares. By the way, like, I think I'm probably one of the most outgoing people that I know. And I would, I still feel that way. Yeah. I mean, I did like, so I went out recently. Like I, she made me like go out and I had to like test myself. I didn't realize this because your therapist told you to go out. Oh yeah. She told me and I was so proud. I was talking to this guy at a bar and he was really, really, really cute. But I was past the point of like drunk that I would feel comfortable being to like initiate a good conversation. So it was just kind of like we were dancing and having fun and like he was really, really cute. But then like obviously nothing happened. And I don't even remember talking to him. I was, there was a point where I kept asking my friend what his name was. So like I'm not really sure how productive that was. <laughs> no, but, I think it was productive though. Yeah, because I was like, oh my God, this really cute guy wants to talk to me. And my sister was there. And almost to me, I was like, wow, that makes me feel really good about myself. Not like I love my sister, but like this guy walked up to me and wanted to talk to me. So I think that there's like slow things like that that I'm slowly trying to unlearn and realize that like I and projecting and also like you attract what you project in a lot of ways. So me feeling like I'm insecure and awkward, like I'm going to attract an insecure and awkward person. And I am not an insecure or awkward person. Yeah, you're not. At all. So I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with someone like that. So I'm just trying to like reframe my thoughts. So I attract the right person. And it's actually been really difficult. And but you know what? I'm making small steps. I'm trying oh, my best. You've made a lot of steps, not even small steps. Yeah. So I feel like. I don't know if that's like relatable to anyone. Like I'm sure it is. I I feel like I never hear people talk about like the weird awkwardness of like never being on a date. Boy, do I have something to share with you guys today. Get seated, be prepared. I have great news for you, okay? The world's first Camimosa, it's here. It was made, it's called Oza. And I'm here today to share the good news, okay? So Oza was created in 2019 after Ryan, the founder, and his friends made a big mess while trying to make mimosas on a bumpy boat. He knew that there had to be a better option and decided to create the world's first canned mimosa, which by the way, the fact that this was not already a thing is actually crazy, so good for Ryan. It's available in four wonderful flavors, including classic orange, mango, cranberry, and peach bellini. Peach bellini is Dom's favorite flavor of everything, so I'm sure she's very excited about this. So there's four flavors. They're sure to be a perfect option for everyone. 
And unlike hard seltzers or other ready-to-drink cocktails, Oza is made with premium sparkling wine and 100% real fruit juice, which contains 80% less sugar and 60% fewer calories than traditional mimosas without sacrificing that incredible taste that you know and love. This is absolutely incredible. I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited to hear about this. I'm very excited to be trying these. This was something that the world needed, okay? And I have great news for you. You guys can use code I love you at checkout for $5 off your first purchase. Visit tryoza.com. That is tryoza.com, T R Y O H Z A.com to get your Oza mimosas shipped straight to your door today. Again, tryoza.com to get your Oza mimosas shipped straight to your door today. You guys can head over to tryoza.com to grab your Oza mimosas and use my code I love you or $5 off your first order. Wow, guys, that is amazing. Very excited for you guys to try this beautiful invention. Anyways, let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, a creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you. Mean it. I actually have a lot of friends who have never had a boyfriend or never, whatever, yeah. even at like their later 20s. Like that's actually really common, but people, I don't know. I feel like you just only think about people who are dating. You know what I mean? That's probably true. Also the people that are around me are like dating. But like I could have gone without it. I think I sh- actually I should have gone without it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many aspects of it that I'm really happy that I didn't do. But I also think about like, and we can talk about this like a little bit as we transition. But like when I moved to L.A. to go to Bible college in my head, now that I'm looking back on it, it probably was a good time to like test out my dating skills, go on casual dates and like have fun. Who would you have dated at this point? No, no, I'm not. Name I, one person. No, 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 no. Outside no. of it? Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. Like I was in a whole new city and I had like the opportunity to be like, I could go like on a dating app, which like maybe that's like they would have frowned upon it in school. But I could have just like not to find a boyfriend, just to like meet strangers. Yeah, because yeah. it's like so much of dating is like it's trial and error. It's learning what you like and what you don't like. And I feel like now I'm like, oh, I had this huge missed opportunity. Now, like, I'm obviously not going to harp on it. But I had a lot of fear about emotional vulnerability and all these things that I didn't really realize until I got there. And I was like, I cannot do this. Where did these fears come from? So I could take you back. Go way, way back. To, I was just about to say the name of my childhood church. That would have been really bad. Again, we love the church. So we really, we genuinely really do. But any organization of people, it doesn't matter what you are affiliated with, why you're an organization of people is going to be imperfect. And there are going to be flaws. Yeah. And the reality is wherever you're at, you have to work through them. We love the church. Us saying this is in no way, shape or form attacking, demeaning, nothing. But this is the reality. And I do think stories like this need to be told in a way that is healthy and not progressive. What's what I'm looking for? Constructive. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No bashing here. Like, yeah, no, it's not like that. This is no hate. I met all of my best friends right now still, like, are from when I was in youth group. People that I love so much who will, like, be in my yes. wedding, like, love them to death. But all that to say, for me, I've been going to church since I was really, really young. And I grew up, like, all the way through my church's youth ministry. So, like, from 
fifth grade until my senior year of high school. You were like a youth group grad. I was a youth group grad. I was like also a leader for middle schoolers when I was in high school, Mm -hmm. like mentoring the youth. Oh my God, you were such a saint. Look at you, mentoring the youth. I know. I don't know how those kids turned out though. So like maybe don't try to track them down, but like hopefully they're- We just like, we like the thought now and we don't want to like dive into that. Yeah, 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 totally. But (laughs) we talked a lot about, this is like a word that I feel like people outside of the church don't use. We talked about purity. Oh my God. A lot. Purity culture. And when we got to like, actually, I was just thinking about this because I saw someone post it. I saw a TikTok of it. When I was in middle school, I signed a laminated oh my God. card yeah. that said that I wouldn't have sex until I was married. I never signed that, by the way. I signed it. And I last night when I saw the TikTok, found it in my drawer after. I went to go look for it. And I have it. I should have brought it here. Oh my God. It's laminated. We like pan to the cameras. The <laughs> I, should, I wish I had it. I really wish I did. But I yeah. signed a purity card when I was 13, 14. Yeah. Middle school. <sighs> I don't remember what it said. It was a whole laundry list of things that I would never do. And they laminated it for us and had us take it home to remember what we said we were not going to do. And then emphasis on what we are not going to do. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of what was instilled in us as we got older too. all these things that we shouldn't do boundaries. We had to create emotional boundaries, like physical boundaries, like talking about sex. There was the pondering question of like always how far is too far. And then they're like, if you're asking that, it's too yeah. far. Like, and I'm like, oh that's not an answer. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then they talked about these ideas of soul ties that, by the way, are quite literally not, not biblical. biblical. The so b- they don't exist. They are man made and there is a lie. Anyways. So as I've kind of been processing through all of this, there were so many aspects of what we call purity culture that I had a huge issue with because they weren't biblical. Because To be honest, I wholeheartedly believe in everything that the Bible has to say. Cover to cover, I really, truly believe in everything that it has to say. But I don't appreciate aspects of purity culture that are linked to shame and guilt. And there are things that we talked about that were like, you know, when you have sex with someone before you're married. And it was also deeply misogynistic because it was so much more emphasis on when women had sex with men and so much less emphasis when men had sex with women, even though it's literally the same thing because you're both having sex with each other. At the same time, quite literally. Quite literally at the same time. And there's just, they would be like, listen, you have to acknowledge that you messed up, but you also have to acknowledge that you're going to be carrying the baggage of this sin for the rest of your life into your future relationships. And when you marry your because obviously they're talking about women when you marry your husband because like obviously it's talking about like the girls and the group of course of course you're now going to be comparing sex you had with every other person to sex with your husband and you're going to have to find a way to deal with that and I would just like to say I would like to take a poll people who didn't grow up in church or people who didn't hear that lie what they think about when they're having sex because I'm sure it's not comparison to everyone else that they've slept with no and I have a really interesting upbringing because I didn't grow up in a family that went to church all the time. Mm-hmm. I started going myself. I was like 12 years old. I'm Texan. I go to um, church camp right. and I get like radically saved. The next week I'm dating the pastor son and I'm on a mission trip. You know, I'm a very all or nothing kind of person. Literally, that is I what happened. I love That's that for you. Actually what happened. I love the pastor <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And then I ended up having a really bad, like a really, really bad experience and mm-hmm. I left the church hated it was like I hate all this stuff and then I end up moving to LA for work a year in go back to church and I end up in Bible college like I leave Texas and I go to LA and then I end up in Bible college my life just doesn't make sense right but I remember having these thoughts of like okay I think so much of it is 
a lot of shame culture. And listen, I want anyone to do what they make a decision for themselves. If you want to save yourself from marriage, that is incredible. I want, But Go you do should it. do it because you want to do it. You should do it because you want to do it. Yeah. If you don't, whatever, do whatever you want. I don't care. You should do that because you want to do it. Right. We all have our own things that we can make those decisions. Right. And I think a lot of it is just, unfortunately, was just like shame-based. There are, again, so many churches that teach this in a different way that's not demeaning, but unfortunately, totally. like, that's not a lot of people's stories. They didn't mm-hmm. get to grow up in, like, churches like that, or they didn't get lucky enough to be under someone who taught it in a different way. Right. And so then it becomes this really weird, like, shame-based thing. And I'm like, I just don't agree. Like, it doesn't have to be like that. Right. And I think a lot of it too, like Jess and I have been talking about a lot of things that since, you know, I think going from such an extreme environment, like where Jess and I were both like very, very heavily involved in church totally. to then like you're in COVID and like you're kind of figuring things out, but also going from speaking for myself, but Jess was also in this program, like for me going from the amount that we were serving and the amount that we were involved to really nothing at all. And then after that, I realized like, oh, I actually think that I have picked up some really unhealthy beliefs that aren't true. like habits. And habits that I actually don't believe that are true. I don't think them of other people. But for some reason, I feel like I have to be serving 12 hours on a Sunday. I feel like I have to be all in doing everything that you do. You right. can't do this. You can't do that, whatever. Or else I am not deemed like acceptable yeah. in the place. And I think there's part of that that's self-induced. And I think there's part of it of like, no, it's culture. I've, I've, it's culture. I've seen it. Like no. I, I've, I've heard what people say, no. you know? No, it's definitely, it's, it's both. It's both. But you believe it because culture tells you to believe it. That's yeah. where the self, like you don't make that up in your head. Yeah. Those exactly. ideas are, those ideas are planted. Exactly. And again, it's imperfect people who are leading and teaching. Like it's not, I don't want to say it's like not their fault, but like people are going to mess up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm sure anyone that I've led before, I hope to God, and I haven't been in that position, but I hope to God I could say like, oh, I wouldn't, but like, I'm a human being. I'm going, you're going to mess things up, you know? So it's not like a, oh, these people didn't meet. Like, I don't, that's not one beneficial. It's not going to get you anywhere. And that's not what we feel like. And that's not how I feel, but I have had to really take a step back and unlearn to relearn. It's like the famous church, like deconstruct to reconstruct. Totally. Got to rebuild. Yeah. To rebuild of like, oh, I actually myself have really unhealthy. I don't want to say beliefs because I don't mean like a faith belief, but like ideas of what something should be that I actually don't agree with. And I think that like, oh, I'm kind of messed up from this. Like I want to get healthy and I want to be in a better position and better place. And I've had to do that for quite some time. And I don't think I realize how affected I was until honestly like a year out of college of being maybe even more than that like I I didn't realize how much it affected me again though like it is the most confusing relationship in my entire life because on one end it is quite literally the best thing that's ever happened to me and I mean like the church at large and on the other hand like there are times that it's probably one of the worst things you know and that's just like my reality like my story with it but I I'm I'm never going to be the person that's like, oh, I hate them. They did this, blah, blah, blah. Because no. I don't feel that way. It like, also doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve you. It's You're not, not going to heal get you. anywhere no. with that mentality. Never. I'm back again today to talk about Nasty Gal and Sports Illustrated. So if you guys didn't know, Nasty Gal has actually teamed up with the iconic sports brand and cultural phenomenon, Sports Illustrated, to launch a collection in honor of women in sport. 
Inspired by their power, their invincibility, and their fearlessness, the collection is a 20-piece capsule rooted in their luxe, athleisure, and functional sportswear. Think like 80s-inspired heritage sweatshirts, which are some of my favorite things to wear in the fall. Bicycle shorts, also some of my favorite things to wear in the fall. And matching sets, again, some of my favorite things to wear in the fall. They have colors like bold greens and just like monochrome color palettes, which is like really my style right now. Nasty Gal and Sports Illustrated's focus on comfort and off-duty street style, inspiring fans to get out there and triumph in life. So some of the pieces are printed sports leggings. They have oversized bomber jackets. I love a good oversized bomber jacket, as well as mock neck crop sweaters, crop sweats, polo tops, and gravity tees for an effortlessly cool aesthetic. The collection is available in sizes ranging zero to 20. Don't play games, play sport, not my scene. Just watch me. I'm hashtag NG strong. I got this. You guys can shop the collection exclusively on the Nasty Gal app or at nastygal.com. This collection is exactly my style. It's really cool, like athleisure wear, but it's almost like chic. It's just, it's cooler to wear than just like the other basic stuff. I love the colors. They've got some green. They've got some monochrome. I mean, that's pretty much all I wear. Matching sets. Hello, bicycle shorts. Love that. Love that for us. So again, you guys can shop the collection exclusively on the Nasty Gal app and at nastygal.com. So what have you done to kind of reframe Reframe. as your therapist says? Yes. So recently, what I've kind of had to talk, and like my therapist and I have been talking about this mostly in the idea of dating within the boundaries that people created, like, and this has to do with purity culture, but just like dating culture and church anyway, within the boundaries that they've created, they don't say there's one way to do it, but they basically create all these boundaries so that there's only one way to do it. And, you know, you graduate from high school, you go to a Christian college where there's like ideally less than 3000 people. And it's like a 70, 30 split of girls and guys. That's like what, how all of them are. They're all like that. And you're ring by spring. Like you're going to be engaged probably. If, I mean, sometimes by the end of your junior year and then married at the end of your senior year, or you're engaged by the end of your senior year and you know, you're going to be married within the next year. So I really thought that was what was going to happen to me. And I went to a regular like Christian university, not the school that Kenzie and I went to, like a regular university for two months. And I dropped out because I was like, this A is not serving me. And B, this is not what I want to do with my life. College, living in a dorm, like all that just wasn't for me in general. Like that structure in a huge university or in a small one, I think would have been the same for me. But I think I had this realization where I was like, I don't want to be going down this path. So then I dropped out of school and I was like, I just ruined my whole plan. I had the plan, right? Like it was a setup, right? Like I was going to meet a guy probably at a mixer or at a sports game or through a friend of a friend or whatever it was going to be. And like, that was going to be my husband when I was 21. 22 at the latest. Dear God. Yeah. And then I dropped out of school and I was like, holy fuck, I'm not going to like, this is not what's going to happen anymore. I think I just kind of put that part of my life almost on pause. Like I just, I neglected it. I didn't think about it. I didn't nurture it. I didn't do anything to it. And I basically left it covered for however many years now it's been. I was 18. I'm 21 now, like three, almost three and a half years. And I never addressed it. And now I'm like, I'm 21. I don't know how to date because when we were in church, we talked a lot about how you're not supposed to be emotionally vulnerable with a guy before you're married because you're supposed to save that part of yourself for your husband. Like how dare, like you cannot show that much of yourself to someone that you might not end up marrying. Which in the grand scheme of things, 
you can't have a healthy relationship <laughs> without sharing yeah. parts of yourself. Yeah. You know, like I, my struggles with mental health, I have really bad anxiety sometimes. Like, I don't know how I could be in a relationship and not say like, sometimes I need to leave a room because I'm so anxious. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I supposed to do my boyfriend of three years? I'm just going to walk out and they're going to be like, what's wrong with you? Like, what's anxiety? I you didn't even know you had that. You build a real, real meaningful relationship without There's no substance. Like, You're, that's crazy. This, you know what you are? You're glorified friends. You're glorified yeah. friends who sometimes kiss. Yeah. And that's not, that's not a relationship. That's not your it's boyfriend. Like level too. Yeah. And you have nothing to talk about. Like you probably like the same sports. It's like your friends. Yeah. And that's not a relationship I want to have leading up to marriage. I don't want to be walking down the aisle, not knowing the person I'm going to marry. I want to know their whole entire being. I want to be so unbelievably obsessed with them. So in love with them. And I want to have chosen them. Mm. And you can't choose to be with somebody if you don't know anything about them. So I had this like realization as I was talking to my therapist about how I literally just don't know how to date. I don't know how to date because in my head, I still feel a little bit like being emotionally vulnerable is wrong and sinful and that attaches shame and it's cyclical, right? You attach their shame attached to it. And now you're like, you're carrying this weight of like this shame. And now I don't want to go out on another date and do this again and have like, where in reality is like, all I did was tell someone like, yeah, sometimes I struggle with anxiety in my head, that's wrong. That's sinful. And I shouldn't have done that. And I just expose part of myself that I shouldn't have. And that's not the case. That's not what's going to happen to you. Like there should be absolutely no shame attached with talking about your mental health, A, in general, and B, to a person that you're dating. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But I am trying to navigate and my therapist is having me reframe. What do I want? What do I want to do? And what do I believe? And I've had to honestly, like I was journaling about it yesterday. And I think that I don't believe a lot of the things that I used to believe. And that was really hard for me to like hold to believe too. True. I don't think I realized how deep it went too. like when I was journaling yesterday and I was thinking about it and I was like this, like it seeped into so many aspects of my life. And I really, it hurts me almost to not want to believe them anymore So it's a lot of undoing and taking apart and like putting things under a microscope and being like, who told me to believe this? Was it God or was it man? Because if it's God and maybe I need to check myself, right? Like maybe I'm having like a human moment of like a little bit of rebellion or a little bit of something like that, then I will gladly take a check from God, a little kick in the rear. I'll take it. But if it's man and I'm letting myself feel shame and guilt for something that God isn't telling me, like, no, thanks. I don't want that anymore. And I don't need that anymore. So I'm on this journey and I'm really trying to be healthy about it and thoughtful about it. But like, I just like, I need to rip the bandaid off and I need to go on a date. Yeah. And this will be so much fun when we're in Texas. I cannot wait. I mean, I probably won't be dating, but I will be living through you. Do you want to know a secret? Do you already have Hinge in Texas or something? I do already. I made a Hinge last night in bed at 1130. Yeah. It's so crazy how smart I am. Well, well, we were talking about it yesterday, but first of all, those questions they have on Hinge, like those prompts Uh are horrible. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Like, what am I supposed to write? Like, I love John Mayer music. Do you? I also eat sushi and I have a dog. I'm vegan sometimes. I'm (laughs) vegan sometimes, except for when I eat fish and eggs. Yeah. That's like the first thing that Jess said to me, by the way. And you know what? Eventually, at some point in this podcast, we'll talk about our first impressions. Something I really, really relate to everything you're saying in a different way. I think, you know, I went back to church. I really, again, gained like the foundation, I think, of who I am. There were so many incredible things that were there. I'm like in a relationship. I moved to Texas. I really have, 
I don't know if this was taught to me or this is just something that I misinterpreted, but I essentially thought there was only way, one way for my life to go. Yeah. And that if it didn't go that way, then it's wrong and I'm wrong, right? And so uh, pretty much every single thing within the span of a few months, I kind of lost. And I was like, wait a second, like this is what I thought my life was going to be. I'm so confused. And if I was being really, really honest with myself at that point, I could have told you that's not what I wanted my life to be. But I thought that that's what I had to do. Yeah. I thought that's what it had to look like. I thought that's who I had to be with. I thought like, that's just what you're supposed to do. It's tunnel, right? it's tunnel vision. Yes. And I think as well, at the same time, I don't use this word lightly, but I think I was definitely in ways like a really spiritually manipulated, right? And so that's a whole other thing that like I'm working through still with a therapist. And right. so there was a lot of things that I think I was just being taken advantage of too. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. And so I don't know. I just thought like, this is what my life has to look like. So when all that went away and I was just there with myself, I remember my, like with my therapist being like, it wasn't that I wasn't, I was completely a whole person on my own. It was more so like, I thought that this is what my life had to look like. You lost the trajectory. Yeah. And I was like, I have no idea. And you know what? I actually don't want that. And I don't want this. And this is something I don't want in my life. Right. And then I've had to learn, like, it's okay to not want that. It's okay to not, to not check off all these boxes that you thought you had to, because you were told that you had to. Right. And that's not what my life needed to look like. And it's so crazy too. Like just in the grand scheme of things, it is so insane that this one life trajectory is kind of like what you were taught you had to do when like, I don't know if you know this, but like God's pretty big. Yeah. So like uh, there's yeah, a little bit big, you know, a little bit big, created everything in the whole world. Yeah, like a little, a bit, little big. big. Yeah. So like if he's like the God of the universe and does right. everything, that means that there are like infinite possibilities for you. Like there are infinite things, like things that you can never what, ask of, dream of, think of, imagine, blah, right. blah, whatever. I'm like going off of Ephesians 3.20 and putting my own suspense, <laughs> like Kinsey's version. I would even go as far to say that like, it probably shouldn't just be what you think because like God's supposed to be able to do bigger. I right? agree. So I have had to unlearn what I thought my life needed to look like. And I think a lot of people can relate to this in, yeah. any, in any topic. Yeah. And be like, oh, it's okay if I actually do this and I don't want my life to look like that. And it is totally fine for me to also have healthy boundaries with the church totally. and healthy boundaries with family and healthy yeah. boundaries. Like boundaries are not a bad thing, but I think in regards to like, you shouldn't be manipulated into putting boundaries in your life. Like you yes. shouldn't put boundaries up because someone tells you to, you should put boundaries up because you want to. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. That what was really excited. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, naturally there's just like all these things you have to work through and it's really important. And I'm like, so pro therapy. I mean, we talk about our therapists. Oh my God. How many times have we brought up our therapists I'm already? so pro therapy. Like if you don't, if you think you don't need therapy, you need therapy. You need therapy. Like I promise you, if you, especially if you think you don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just re-saying what Jess had to say, but like, seriously. No, for real. Yeah. If you think you don't need it, you do. What did you think about me when you first met me? Like, did you know that I like my I job? I knew you had a YouTube channel. My best friend was obsessed with your YouTube channel. Oh, I forgot that was our first conversation. Also, at the time, our school is still so small. I think it's only gotten smaller since we left, actually. So when you search it, <laughs> I pop up, I'm sure, because I, yeah. would, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. I definitely watched a video two of years before. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't, and you were like, this cool girl is like so cool. Well, my friend used to always be like, you and this girl are so similar. And I watched the video and I was like, I don't see it. Um, And I would not think that from my video. I mean, I'm the same in person in real life, but I wouldn't think that we were similar. We're similar in like interests. Yeah. And like undertones, values and humor. Our upfront appearances like probably couldn't be more different. Yeah. Which is hysterical. 
Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, I told Jess that our friendship was like so mutually beneficial. Because she made me take a TikTok <laughs> video. Like if you've ever yeah. seen me do anything, like if you know me literally at all, she made me like kick my foot up like some TikTok girl <laughs> in the middle of Soho, like with people walking by. And I was so embarrassed. And she's like, please just come do it. I'm like walking into the frame and she's like, our whole entire friendship is me making you do things that are mutually beneficial. And I said, no, not mutually beneficial, beneficial for you. No, I said, I make you do things. And, and then I was trying to think of something that and like, I was like, I do them. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, I think it was good for you. It's like but, breaking out of your box. Yeah. I didn't even answer your question. My first impression of you was you were really very, very nice to me when I first got to school. Did it stop after that or something? No, oh. but we weren't like, we weren't friend, like yeah. friends, but you were very, like when I saw you, you were very, very nice to me. And I, I thought you were nice. I think that's, I mean, that's good. Yeah. Like very outgoing, very funny. And I knew like, I was like, ah, we could be friends. But Mm -hmm. I also like was really shy when I got there. Like I didn't really talk to anyone except for my roommates Yeah, because I was very, very, very nervous and really, really insecure to be there because a lot of you guys had been there before and there wasn't that many new kids. Kind of clicky. For sure. Really clicky. Yeah. Which like, I mean, clicky. And I had only even gotten into that click within weeks of you getting there. Like I had just become friends with that group of people. Yeah. Like good friends. Right. Obviously right, outside right. of Dom, but of course. It was normally just kind of me and Dom off before that. I was there two semesters before you. I was there one semester before Dom. Mm-hmm. We really did like a one, two, three, me, you and Dom. Yeah. Best things that happened to that school. Really just kidding. Impressive. I mean, it really depends on who you ask, actually. Yeah, these are the best or the worst. <laughs> these are the best or the worst, yeah. Yeah, so I remember us going to like Shake Shack and stuff. And then it was just over time because you had different friends, I had different friends, and then over mm-hmm. time, we kind of started talking. And Do you remember the weekend of bonding when we went away on our school trip? Oh, and yeah. And we were listening to Hosanna and we were both like, oh my, God. Oh, okay. my Lord. Fun fact about Jess and I, we might be like a little bit wild, but we die for early 2000s worship music. I like lead me to the cross. Oh my God. You know who else loves lead me to the cross? Who? Margaret Oshry. It's like one of her favorite songs. It is so I funny. Like, I feel like Margaret and I could be friends. You and Margaret would really get along. I told her that last night actually. But like lead me to the cross. Yes. I used to have that burned on a CD. Like if that makes anyone feel like they want to die. It makes me feel like I want to die. It actually got stolen from my mom's car when our car got broken into one time. Maybe they need it. That's fine. I have the song memorized anyway. I don't need the CD. Yeah, I don't even need it. Like, trust me. Just give me a mic. Give me a mic. Give me a mic. Give me a stage. I don't even need a stage. I'll just go on a table. Oh, I would sing in the car with a mic hooked up to the thing. Yeah. So we really bonded. We went on to Big Bear. Yeah. That weekend honestly was so fun. That really redeemed my entire college experience, to be honest with you. I will be honest with you. The last semester of school pretty much ruined the experience for me. So I've actually blacked it out of my my memory. And I only like to remember my school experience as that spring semester because that semester was so fun. fun. That was the best semester ever. It was the greatest. Oh my God. But my very last semester was probably the worst time of my life. Mine was pretty bad also because it also got cut off by COVID, but I had a discrepancy. But yeah, other than that, I mean, like there were so many things that were really fun. I mean, no, we had fun. Also like us, when we were serving together, like, and it was the two of us like hanging up bathroom signs, like we really fucked shit up. Like we had a lot of fun. Yeah, we really fucked shit up at church. The best time serving were definitely when we were serving together. Because we're also like, we work so well together. Yeah. And we're like a really, a great duo. Mm -hmm. Like if people wanted us, like we would be sent on task together because we're efficient and we're great. And Jess is good at the things I'm bad at and I'm 
good at the things Justice brought up. Yeah, like talking to people in public. <laughs> You're like detail oriented. I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah. this is a good idea. She's like, screaming at everyone in the store, and I'm like, we have a list. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I can't even think about like places to be and yeah. people to see. And I'm like, oh my god, hey, what's up? Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Um, I also think that we should talk about books because we obviously have like exquisite taste in books. Phenomenal, phenomenal taste. And you know what? I am so glad. I actually just saved Jess from like a really sad, what could have been. A really sad time of her life. I'll fill you in just on what that time okay. was. Um, yeah. So Jess just read People We Meet on Vacation. And she told me she loved the book. I really liked it. It was okay. Um, and I said, no, you need to read Beach Read because yeah. it is so much better. And it's one of my favorite books. And the cover and the title really no don't sense. do it justice. Don't make any sense. Exactly. I told you. I'm a Kirk. Well, not at the end. I have like a little bit left. I'm in a place where the title could still tie in. But like you're saying it doesn't. So it doesn't. Well, it just like feels weird. I feel like the overall tone of the book is just not. It doesn't match the cover or nor the title. Yeah, because Beach Read's like would signify that it's like a light. Yes. Read. And I don't feel like it's a light read at all. No, but it's, it's like, not crazy heavy. No, it's no, it's light. not heavy, but it's like some of the top topics no, of conversation heavy. is There's like a death little grief. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I think that the character and the way that he deals with grief, like kind of tra- that's where they're trying to attribute the lightness to like whatever sim- symbolism and all these things. Crazy. Um, yeah. But I just still think I've always thought that that title was so weird. I, I don't at this point in my book, I do not understand it. Like period. So you're glad though that I made you read this book. hundred okay. percent. I'm really glad I was going to read it anyway, but like you saying that it's better than people we meet on vacation. And I did just finish people we meet on vacation. It's Emily Henry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm making my mom read people we meet on vacation right now. Good. And my grandpa's actually reading Malibu Rising. I no, way. My no way. He's such a reader and he, he's been at my house and my grandparents have been at my house like for a couple of weeks and he's been watching TV all day and he's like, I'm bored of TV. I was not at the house. This was yesterday when I was here with you in New York City. And my brother was like, oh, why don't you read a book? Here's one of Jessica's books and handed him Malibu Rising. So like, I don't know what's going down. But like, I hope Papa likes it. Papa, if you're listening, he's definitely not. He doesn't even know what an iPod is. I love that he is reading a Taylor Jenkins Reid novel. He would actually love The Seven Husbands. Oh my God. I think anyone in the world would love Seven Husbands. That is genuinely probably the best book on this planet. Yeah, I mean, we read that, what, like almost a year ago? It was my first book. It was like January 1st that I read it. And I put off reading it for What like a great day months. January 1st oh, is. Oh, such a good day. I couldn't forget it. It might just be my day of birth. I read- it's also like a restart of the year, but it's actually uh, to my To be day honest, it birth. wasn't on your birthday. I know that for a fact, but I just <laughs> wanted to tell you that it was. It was just like a few days later, maybe. I don't know. I read it in like one day. Yeah. And then you texted me and I was like, okay, I'll read it. It's so good. And I put it off for like eight months. It's always the books that are on my to be read list that I put off for eight months because I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And then I read them and I'm like, oh, best book I've ever read. Best book I ever read. That was me with like a lot of Colleen Hoover books. Yes. Like and me reading it ends with us finally when my sister called me crying and she's like, you have to read it's it. It's the best book ever. That's okay. It ends with us. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, Before We Were Strangers, my top three. Have the you read Before We Were Strangers? Of course okay, I have. I sure. The last Mrs. Parrish is also on my That's list. That's on mine for thriller. It's a fantastic book. Um, I have a deep tie to it because it takes place in the great state of Connecticut. And that's where she's from. It is where I'm from. Although I have no sort of affiliation with like the weird old money aspect of that because... You're not old money. No, I, I'm, I'm actually pretty broke right now, but um, yeah, my trust fund doesn't kick until I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. I have no trust fund. Um, just like speaking into existence. Maybe we'll like call your dad. We'll pull some strings. Oh my God. I'm going to call Mike after this. I'm going to say like, imagine, please let me know. Imagine if we like found out that we were like going to get trust funds at some point, somehow. At like 24, I found that out. My, Unfortunately, I just like know that's not the case. My friend actually just found out that like when her grandfather passes away, like she's really set. Wow. And I'm like, what? That's really depressing though. Yeah. They're not that close though. So I don't know okay, if it's like it's not a, that depressing. no, but it's like revolutionary like to come like to, to come into all that much money I had no idea and you have no idea like you I think there was like an idea but not like you're 
you're chilling. Like, don't even worry about it. Wow. Like, I can't say that I'm going to have that happen when either of my grandparents die. But that's okay. Like, there's better things in life. I'm manifesting my own wealth. I don't need anybody else's. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think that we really just have to, like, pull a, like, foster sister kind of situation. Like, I want to own brands and I want to be an investor and I want to just be funny and then go on from there. I think that we could accomplish all those things. Yeah, I really think that we can. As a duo... And like yeah. the and like we'll be like separate entities with great things like involved like we'll have mm-hmm. our own separate endeavors like it'll be really like but then we come together too yeah like when we're together it's just like it's it's something that people they're afraid of like they it's what they wish they were who is like your favorite follow right now like who do you follow online um, besides obviously me I know that I'm your favorite so you don't have to like you don't have to talk about me right yeah. but know. like obviously you probably should say me first and then go on from other people obviously you okay thank at you. Kenzie Elizabeth on Instagram I don't know if you guys have heard about her she's like really fucking cool she's really fucking cool yeah. um and then I'm really obsessed with Tinks I love her I love her so much and she's really been helping me reframe also my dating mindset she has such great dating advice like all of these things she could, because she's lived through so much of it she's 30 mm-hmm. she's really on like the other side of like childish men because like 20 year olds are where just, I like, want to be they're childish yeah. men her recommendations for products and she makes great lists like and I am like bury me with a list in my hands please like lower me into the ground with a list between my like my hands that are crossed over my mm-hmm. chest like she wants to like right by her heart yeah and I want to yeah. like I don't know what, what the list would say but probably do you want to be buried you want to be cremated have you thought about this I have thought about it and I would like to be cremated I and I, 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 I don't I want to be cremated and like have someone like throw my ashes in the water I don't want anyone to have like a physical tie to my earthly body because I think that's I'm sorry if this like offends anyone I think that's quite nonsense and I think that sense, yeah. I just like don't want. Well, it's some people's like traditions. Like I know outside of like a, a belief, like that's, a cultural. Like, posi- yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. I just mean like I don't want people to feel like they have to like go see me or like go like do this thing. Like if we had a great relationship while I was here, like I'm like let's just treasure that and like let's remember let's, that. Like, leave it where it was. Yeah, like let's leave it where it was. <laughs> okay. I just don't want to make anyone feel. I hate obligation, especially like familial obligation, and I would never want someone to feel like they were doing me a disservice by like not going to visit me or like not doing this ritualistic thing. Like mm-hmm. I want everyone to know that like I really don't care and I want them to do whatever makes them happy. And if that is going, talking to me or like going to whatever, like great. I just want anyone to feel like they need to. So I okay, feel like that, that eliminates the idea of obligation. Fair. Um. Also, she's like really into Formula One drivers right oh now. Oh my God. Like if if any of you I guys lot- are, please DM her because like I don't even know what to say back in these conversations. It's like I literally don't know them. Because you laughed at my DM that I sent you yesterday laughed at it i followed all of them no 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 after i got home and i sent you that really cute picture of one of the guys and i said i said something really funny and you laughed out loud like you were like haha this is really funny. oh i don't remember what it was but oh, I, I know that it was funny if i said i laughed out loud i did i i i'm true to my word um why am i not remembering what that was i'll pull it up anyways it was a really it you was, have like two minutes to talk about formula one because i need to find this dm okay great um if you haven't watched drive to survive on netflix it's actually a great show i was initially brought into it by my brother and my dad Solely because like I'll watch a well-produced documentary or docu-series on literally anything. I'm such a nerd. Like, I don't know if that's even come across while I've been talking, but I am really such a nerd. I love to learn. So if it's well-produced. I just saw the DM and it was funny. It was really funny. I will watch it. Anyway, so now I'm like really hooked in. Um, I just have to say like, I'm nervous to say out loud the name of the people that I love in case it gets back to them. Like maybe that's a good thing. And like, obviously they are listening right now to this podcast. Should it I, is, should I just go ahead and say it? Cause like, I think this, yeah, obviously they're I listening. I should let everyone know. Yeah. I meant it like 50 of this podcast too. Daniel Ricardo. Okay. If you're listening to this, like, let me know when you're in Los Angeles. Jess will like risk it all. I would probably put my life on the line. I was going to say basically like there's an occasion where I probably could run into him 
and like if he sees me he should come talk oh, to like, me Oh, we're working on pulling some strings like as we speak like we have text out to my manager audio yes. messages i mean so I, like, I said something to a mutual friend that we or to a friend that i said could maybe help you know i'm doing things for you yeah i'm really selfless thank you very much actually no i listen we're making moves. mutually beneficial friendship if i end up and play this recording at our wedding for real. If I end up marrying Daniel Ricardo, you you'll be the only one to thank. The entire wedding, I will make it about me. Cause I did that. I'm probably gonna get married in like the south of France if I marry him. That's gonna be such a fun wedding to make about me. i I'll do it anywhere in South of France. It's a change that. No, I know. It'll it'll I think it'll amplify it. <laughs> yeah, if anything, the glamour, really be on one. the glamour would be like off wow. the freaking chains. Okay, well, unfortunately, like we do have to end this podcast at some point, but I do want to talk about um one more thing. Okay. What do you think? I want us to answer this for each other. Okay. What do you think is the best thing that has happened to me in the past year? And what do you think is the best thing that has happened? You can be honest because I know what you're going to say. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Being single? <laughs> the breakup? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, be, like having the breakup happen. I mean this in the least like disrespectful way. Like I think you became a lot more of yourself again. Like when you Oh, I broke fully up. found myself again. But I also would want to say I don't, that was fully the relationship. I think that was school. Like, I really do oh, think that was college. I, I think it, yeah. And I think, I was actually talking to a friend last night, I think not to be really super morbid or whatever, I think it was my brother died mm -hmm. to being in college, to having so many things, yeah. to having that relationship. It wasn't until I was out of college, I was back in Texas, we had broken up that I found myself again. And I don't think I realized how much of myself I had lost yeah. through both the program that I was in and the relationship that I was in. And your grief. And the grief, yeah. Grief really does it to you. Yeah, and like, that's normal, so. Yeah, totally But I normal. would agree, and it's nothing personal. No, I don't but think it's, I, I think it's so all. much, so much of like who you become in a relationship, but I don't think it has anything to do with the other person. Yeah. Or and, not that much to do with the other person. Yeah. And I am so much happier now. I And I think I would never have been able, this is just like encouraging for anyone who's like going through a breakup and feels like heartbroken or whatever. People I think are so focused on them when you go through a breakup, they're like, maybe it'll come back around, maybe no. whatever. Kind of the goal of a breakup, honestly, is that you end up growing so much that you don't even want it to come back around. Yeah, you don't want to. Like there is no yeah. ounce of also, me that also, would do that. From an outside perspective of like being the best friend of someone in the situation, I think it's really important to encourage your friends in the pos in a positive direction. It's really easy to validate someone's feelings. And if they're like, I should text him, I should call him. And you're like, I love you so much. But like, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> For the record, though, I never said that I should text or call him. No, I no, was no. over it. I was done. No, no, yeah. you didn't. I'm just saying like, if you're leading that way, like you were saying, like, it's easy to fall like back. And I think that if your friend is like, even if you kind of sound like a bitch, like you should nudge them in the right direction because I think they would thank you later. And mm -hmm. especially if you've seen positive, like if you know it's the best thing, you should say to your friend, like, listen, this is good for you. You're a better person because of this. Yeah. And I can visibly see that. Yeah. And I think every single person could visibly see that. Yeah. You know, it's good. And both of us, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know anything about him, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would hope that. I'm interested to think, to hear what you think the best thing that happened to me this I think year. for you, it was going to therapy because I think you have grown so much. Like I think about the Jess that I met day one to you now. And granted, I mean, like you're in a new school and like you're nervous and whatever, but mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I just think you've, you've like come out of your shell so much more. I was you've so come insecure. Into your, you've just come into your own. Like you really you're so independent and you are really just like, sounds stupid, but like your own person. Yeah. I don't know. I just think you've grown so much because of therapy. I really appreciate that. So go to therapy. I'll, go tell, my, I'll tell my therapist you said that. You're well, oh, yeah, tell her I said. I'll text her actually that, yeah. right after this. Um, yeah, so go through breakups, go to therapy and um, maybe decide where you think college would be good for you. Don't yeah. go to a four-year university because you think you should. Yeah, don't go anywhere because you think that you should. You also should try to sleep. I wish I had slept in a dorm room for one night before I went. I never would have gone to college, I swear to God. Those beds are freaking 
horrible. Just would never it doesn't matter the mattress topper you put on it. I bought a really expensive, really thick mattress topper and it didn't fix it. We do differ in some ways. I can sleep anywhere. I literally can sleep on like a train. I can't sleep in public places. I don't like people watch me sleep. I mean, that's like a fair thing, I guess, but I just, I don't, I don't like who wants I to. I don't care enough about things. Like I really should care more. I could have potentially lost my iPad. I didn't, I was like, oh, whatever, I'll figure it out. And then I told like, you to call Blue Bottle and you hung And you know what? They didn't answer immediately and I got annoyed. So I hung up. And like all we know, for all we know, that I, I had to God, it's on my hotel. If not, it I is. mean, it's, it's going to be a hefty check that I have to, a check. I've never written. Actually, yeah, I have. I've never written the check for myself. <sighs> yeah. I mean, no, I don't even have checks. I don't I don't have a checkbook. Who does people really use checks like for real? I, haven't, I don't know the last time I've seen someone use a check. I've had to for random things like apartments and stuff like that. Mm. Like a cashier's check. I don't have any money, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you really it's hard to write a check without money. With money. money. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Well, anyways, this was a great episode. Um, I had so much fun. I, had I was really time. nervous. Oh, yeah, obviously, because I'm a star. So, that's okay. I'm glad we like, one full day, circled. One day, you will, you'll just get used to like me, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, Being I don't know how presence, much longer you it's need. It's really overwhelming. Yeah, I get that. I'm still starstruck. That's okay. Well, you'll get there. Thanks. Anyways, uh, thank you for coming. Where can they find you? Um, you can follow me at Jessica O'Hara, but Jessica with three S's on Instagram. That's, like, basically the only social media I have. You can also follow mine and Kenzie's company, The Okind, on Instagram if you <laughs> want to. Oh, please do that, guys. That's it. I don't have any other social media. Like, don't find me on Twitter. I think the only thing that I post Do you want to say like, yeehaw since you're moving to Texas? Um... Yeehaw. Oh my God, I thought you were going to say no for sure. That's a great ending. All right, well, thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Yeehaw. Bye. <laughs> All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. What a conversation. Am I right, everyone? Am I right? You know? As always, be sure to join our Geneva group chat. Follow me on Instagram. You guys can get connected in the Facebook group, the newsletter, all of that stuff. But I love you guys so much, and I will talk to you next Thursday.